everybody. Welcome to Mom Girl Pod, coming to you from Mom Girl Blog. Today we have a good friend of mine, Jennifer Garvin Jacobs. Um, and Jen and I met actually through the Whole Foods Market circuit uh, via my husband, Michael, and her and I just clicked, right? I mean, talk to me about, I, I'm trying to remember even how we were introduced to each other. I feel like Michael was like, you really would vibe with this girl and you guys would really get along. I'm like, let's meet her. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much that. Yeah. Um, so Talk to me about your experience. I'm ha- I have Jen on the podcast today, just so everyone knows, because she is a wealth of information when it comes to um, nutrition and diet. And she does some incredible groups where you can get together and learn about ways, little tweaks to fix your diet. But what is your actual title? Sure. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, so I am, my title is a board certified holistic health counselor, and I got my degree through the Drugless Practitioners Society, and I got my certification through the state of uh, New York and in- Institute for Integrated Nutrition. Um, and I've always had a passion for health and wellness and nutrition. All this education has totally equipped me to become a health coach and help guide others for preventative health. And I also am a certified personal trainer and a group fitness coach. Um, I've attended online plant-based culinary school and I've been plant-based myself for now 12 years. Um, And I also, as you mentioned, came from Whole Foods Market on the marketing team. So definitely a a foodie at heart. Um, And I just- I feel like I could pick your brain for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) What were you going to say? I have such a- you know, I just have such a passion for food and I feel like it's stemmed out from just being curious. And I think that where food has come now, learning about food used to be like a dorky thing and now it's cool. And I think that's why we're here today is to chat about food and celebrate it. Oh my gosh. Food has never been dorky. Whoever said that is totally <laughs> wrong. <laughs> true, Everyone loves true. to eat. <laughs> But no, I know what you're saying. I feel like um, even for myself, like years ago when I said like, oh, I was eating all natural or I was eating, I'm not plant-based by any stretch of the imagination, um, although I wish I could be. But um, like whenever we would say, oh, we're eating organic or any of those things, it was almost like you got looked at with two heads. Like what does that even mean? Totally. And now it's yeah. becoming commonplace. It has. So- There's been a huge, a huge awakening, I feel like just being conscious about what you're putting in your body, what you're buying, label reading, and making it fun and experimental and not feeling like you have to live inside the four walls of the diet. You know, you can just figure it out and be a flexitarian if you want. I love that, flexitarian. So I took one of your fun courses. Um, It was such an eye-opener for me, especially for someone that's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. But I feel like you gave me some real inspiration and tips and tools and how to like revamp my pantry and my refrigerator and all of those things. I'm curious to know how you got into this area. Like, what was it? Was it just you loved food as a kid? Was it (sighs) something... All of the above. I mean, it, okay. it kind of came, it, it came from, I would say like three different buckets. First, I was, I was always obsessed with eating fruits and vegetables. Like you would never, 
it's kind of the opposite of a normal kid loving junk food. Like I always asked for cucumbers and raw vegetables and fruits and basically just lived off of that as a child. And I would eat an entire burger without like just eating the bread, lettuce and tomato. I would leave the meat aside because I just wanted to eat the good parts <laughs> for me. Um, and as I got older, I discovered that I had some intolerances to food, to dairy and to gluten and it affected my skin. So I decided that I wanted to learn more about it. And I actually lived in China um, for a little oh bit for work. And okay. yeah, I lived in lived in Beijing and that kind of sparked me on my whole food journey because I learned that in the um, Eastern medicine, Asian culture, they don't cook with dairy. And when I came home from China, all of my eczema and my skin issues were gone just by removing that one big ingredient from my diet. So that really ticked off like all of this exploration and connecting what was going on with what I was putting in my body. So that led me to where I am now and inspiring others like you, um, yeah. hosting workshops and cooking classes and just thinking of food as fun way to enjoy it, but still tweak and enjoy the best recipes that you grew up with. You don't have to feel like you can't have anything. You know, it's so funny when you say that, because I think I've had this conversation with you before about my daughter, Vera, like I wholeheartedly feel like she is plant-based. Like she always is reaching for the berries and the fruits and the vegetables. And so I'm curious to know if you've got anything off the top of your head that might even inspire me or even someone listening to this podcast, um, just some tips and tricks to switch out. Like what are, what do you feel is maybe like the biggest offender or what is an easy way to just try to take the next step to eating a little bit better than you are today. And I know we're all in this crisis right now. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you come on here was to also <laughs> shed some light on, you know, you don't have to give up your entire diet because we just want to like grab the bag of chips, you know? <laughs> totally. Totally. So, okay. The big like no, no word that I, I don't like to use ever is diet because diets die. So we're never going to say that. And they, their lifestyle changes. That's totally right. my my big, my big mantra for healthy eating and healthy living. Um, and I think that with diets, we always focus on the bad, what we can't have, what we don't eat, but we really should be focusing on the good, you know, what, what we love and what we should be able to eat more of. So like your daughter Vera or anybody else that really enjoys eating healthy fats like avocado or nuts or seeds or lots of fruits and vegetables, in healthy grains, I mean, celebrate that, add that more into your diet. And you'll realize the more you put that in, the less junk will fit in because <laughs> you'll mm -hmm. be nourished and you'll feel better. So I guess that's like the number one takeaway um, is just focusing on the good. Mm -hmm. And then more so than anything is to really check in with your body. So you always have to listen to your body and figure out, you know, when you eat something, whether it is absolutely delicious in the moment, whether it's that greasy pizza or those fries, or even that sugary cake, after you eat it, how do you feel? Like, do you feel energized? Or does your body crash? Are you sleepy? Do you get kind of like that, like bloated feeling? And journal your food and, and understand that mind body connection. And I think that will deter you from wanting in the future if you associate those feelings with it. Um, so that's kind of like a, a good practice in place. And I know everything going on with COVID-19 and just trying to stay out of the kitchen so we don't gain the COVID-19. <laughs> I, I think it's that, too late. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag COVID-19. Um, yeah. I, I think the most important thing is to just stay away from processed foods. So if we right. eat foods in our most wholesome form, you know, that don't come from a box or a bag and we just stay in touch with what, what comes from the ground or maybe has two or three ingredients, if it is coming from a box or a bag, you're pretty much in the clear. Um, those are kind of like some clean, clean ways of looking at food. And it's, I love it's hard. I mean, yeah, it, it's totally hard though with kids because, you know, we have to occupy our kids. Sometimes our kids don't eat like us or vice versa. Maybe our partners or maybe we're living alone and we're bored and we're angry. And when we're bored or we're angry, we mm-hmm. eat our feelings. So I think that food journal definitely comes in handy too with that. Interesting. I'll have to do that. I don't food journal, um, but I feel like if I did, I would find some interesting things. And to answer your question, when I eat that greasy pizza, although it's like my favorite, I definitely feel just like heavy and just lazy and lethargic. And all I want to do is take a nap. And then consequently I end up doing nothing and getting nothing done. So I, yeah. And that doesn't mean like that you can't enjoy that every once in a while. I feel like that's the beauty of enjoying food is that it, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. If you give yourself like that one nice meal a week that you just really want to, you know, treat yourself to something different, then go for it. But if you feel crappy after, then don't complain to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just don't do it as often. I think that's the key too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Because we are in quarantine and, um, we are trying our best to not make a bunch of visits back and forth to the store. And maybe we don't have, um, fruits and vegetables at the ready as we usually would. I'm curious to know, and because you had said, you know, try to stick to, if you're going to, if you're going to have a box of something, the first, like know what the first two ingredients are, or maybe, um, the lesser ingredients, the better. So what are some easy quarantine meals that maybe you can recommend for those of us that maybe, can't whip up a salad or, um, don't like to eat apples. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Okay. So I think especially because I've been hating doing dishes lately and I'm going to put this in, into, you know, everyone that wants to avoid dishes. I've been like coining one pot wonders as I like to call them as like my go, my go-tos for dinners or lunches. Um, I've been doing a lot of soups, like a big batch of soup, um, that can kind of be, you know, consumed over two or three days for everybody. Or if you have a large family, like it will serve everybody, but within that soup and I'll, I can definitely share some recipes. Um, there's lots of lentils and beans and frozen vegetables, um, like spinach, broccoli. Um, I even do sometimes gluten-free protein pasta, chickpea pasta, and you just have as your base vegetable broth or, um, or crushed tomatoes and water, and you just spice it up and let it cook for, you know, 30-ish minutes, and you have this awesome, awesome, chunky vegetable filling soup. And you can add in quinoa, you can add in rice, you can, um, you know, doctor it up if you like with some protein. So it's kind of yeah. been like a good, a good staple for for, I would say like once or twice a week of soup. I love that. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely like a pasta person. So I'm curious to know, is it chickpea pasta? Is it lentil pasta? What's your favorite, I guess, gluten pasta, gluten pasta replacement? (laughs) 
Yeah, I I love Fanza, the chickpea pasta, because if you look at the box, it's just chickpeas <laughs> as yeah. the main ingredient, and it's, it's great. really filling. There's a ton of protein and fiber, and the lentil pasta is really good too, but it is texturally different, mm-hmm. and especially if you have kids, I think sometimes they're detectives of this as well, <laughs> so, um, you know, just sometimes hybrid it with like a brown rice pasta too. So it's not all that lentil taste. So I'll do like a combo of brown rice and chickpea or brown rice and lentil. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, yeah. So you do get the fiber and the complex carbs from the brown rice. Um, and just be weary when you do buy gluten-free pastas that sometimes on the back of the ingredients, there's a bunch of uh, other grains inside like corn or oat um, and different types of uh, gluten-free grains. And sometimes those digestibly aren't great for us. So I just like mm-hmm. to stick to those single source ones for sure. So do you stay away from corn as well? Like just corn or corn on the cob or? I mean, I, I love corn when it's in season grilling outside and I, right. well, I definitely recommend buying it organic. Um, corn is the number one GMO, uh, plant and product in the u.s there's there's pretty much corn in everything if you look at it so i i prefer not to consume it a ton just because nutritionally it doesn't really add value right oh what i did want to add was that i absolutely love have you had the palmini pasta i don't know if we've talked about this so good i think that's a really good pasta um replacement too and it's made of artichoke hearts Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty good. Um, so I love that too. Um, yeah. And I was going to say just on the flip side, when it came to the soups, if you don't, if you're not a soup person, you can totally remove the broth and just make it like a big pasta medley with all these vegetables and all these beans and, you know, saute it with a little olive oil and spices. And you have like this one pot yum. And it's, it's, yeah. you can, you, you can even cook it in veggie broth. It's that good. I love it. Yeah. Um, talk to me about how you feel like being at home and in quarantine has been beneficial to you from like a nutritional standpoint. <laughs> I know the dishes are a downfall, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's just required us to slow down and feel less tempted because things of things that we're normally used to getting in such quantity are of scarcity now. Right. And we are just appreciating more so what we have. I feel like, for example, we, we picked up our favorite non-dairy uh, ice cream a few nights ago, Nottamu. If you haven't tried it, please try it. It is so awesome. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty low in sugar. Um, and it was like, we got this one carton of ice cream. We haven't been able to get it. And it was so delicious. And I think it was even more delicious because we just slowed down and enjoyed it. And I think that was kind of like our, our mantra for that is just, we've been feeling more just complete in like smaller tasks that we're doing, even though I think we're just, um, you know, doing what we, the best we can. I know that everyone's resources are limited. Amazon prime is, it's like exciting when packages get delivered and we're just, we're just feeling really blessed that, you know, we're all healthy right now. Yeah, for sure. I think too, one of the things I was thinking of is 
this forces us, although it is a pain to like have to cook, we aren't eating out as much. Therefore, we're not spending a bunch more money. And we're also not tempted with all of the things that are on these menus when you go out to eat. And you don't necessarily have to make those tough decisions anymore because you are able to decide that menu and you're not in a hurry running around and just trying to get whatever you can to, to eat just to, you know, stay alive, you know? So I think that's so true. I've heard from a lot of clients about, um, they've been able to lose some extra pounds because they're eating out less, they're drinking less, they're not going out for drinks like they would socially normally. Um, and there's so much salt in foods at restaurants. There's like 80% more salt in chain restaurant food. That is crazy. Yeah. So consuming less of that, especially through home cooked meals that, you know, you're making, you're going to be mindful of the ingredients you're putting in. And, um, it's just coming back to when you do go back to normal and we are eating out at restaurants, don't be afraid to ask your server to change up your order. You know, ask them no added salt, ask them for no oil or substitute ingredients that you want to eat rather than you feel like you have to eat because it's in the recipe. Empower yourself and stick to it. Hopefully this changes everybody for the long term. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know about the whole drinking thing. I feel like I've taken on drinking a little bit more (laughs) with my kids. In all seriousness, um, I agree with that. And I think that moving forward for me, I know that once I go out to eat, I think I'm just going to be a little bit more cautious in many ways. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think just like you said, being cautious, doing the research, and then not being afraid to ask for, you know, is there sugar in this? I always go out to, it, it reminds me of my mother-in-law, like she, she's sugar and wheat free. And so like everywhere we go, it's like, is there sugar in this? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I think that's something that I need to be more cautious of now too. It's like what, how much sugar and how much sodium is in all of these things? Totally. And sugar is the devil. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that, and I think that it, it comes down to less is always best, but mm-hmm. you know, be mindful of when you are consuming sugar that it's unprocessed. So if it is a fruit, you know, don't kill yourself over that. But right. just those added sugars for sauces and dressings and marinades, I mean, that's where they're hiding the most of it. And that's why certain restaurants, you know, definitely score cravings for us because it, that, that's what we're addicted to, sugar. Right. Well, just because you're eating a salad, but then you're dousing it in like a spoonful of sugar, that yeah. you might as well just eat, you know, a piece of steak or, you know, something else. Yes. And and that brings me to a point about salads. I know that everyone lacks motivation for a yummy salad at home because they don't feel like they have the best dressing to go with it. Um, and I love making my own dressing and it's not like you don't even have to whip out a blender. Or a food What's your favorite? like a, tah- a creamy tahini dressing and it's three mm. ingredients and it is so easy. It tastes like Caesar, but has this Mediterranean kick to it. And it's, you can make a huge tub of it and just have it in a little bottle in the fridge and, you know, put it on pretty much everything. So what are the three ingredients? So it's tahini, which is ground up sesame seeds, water, mm-hmm. and garlic powder. Mm. And that's it. You I'll have to just, try that. It's really, really good. And um, it lasts for about a week in the fridge, but I promise it won't last that long in the fridge. <laughs> you'll, be <laughs> eat, eat you'll be eating it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any any sweet tooth craving tricks? Oh, yes. 
yes. So I am a chocoholic. That is something that I, you know, definitely a proponent of clean eating, but chocolate is a necessary. I mean, it's definitely a magnesium um, booster, um, helps with our cortisol level. So I am definitely a proponent of getting a little daily dose of chocolate. I definitely recommend making sure that it's dark chocolate and that there's no dairy in it um, mm-hmm. or added milk fat. Um, so with that, I love making chickpea blondies. That's my number one, I guess, dessert of the week. <laughs> I've seen that uh, before and I'm like so <laughs> apprehensive. <laughs> yeah. It, they're it's really, so funny because really I feel like I'm super healthy, but you make me look like I am a junk food eater. <laughs> And you can, you can totally, you get the chickpeas, you don't taste them. I promise you. So it's worth a try. Um, And there's just enough sweet in there with a little maple syrup and some chocolate chips and almond butter. So you get that consistency of like that fudgy brownie texture. Um, But there's a lot of protein in there and there's no flour. So you don't feel like you're going to be eating this heavy carbohydrate dessert. Okay. Um, I'm going to make it this weekend. Okay, good, good. And let me know how you like it. <laughs> and and on the flip side, if you are a like a cookie lover, you can make these really great almond flour cookies that if you like chocolate, you can put chocolate in them. If you like raisins or oatmeal, um, they're they're like four or five ingredients and um, you can add bananas to them if you don't want to do an egg, if you if you are egg free but they're super satisfying and filling. If you just, you know, have one of those a night, that, then you're good. Perfect. All right. Well, is there anything else that I'm missing or that you want to add today? No, just, you know, always stick to your health goals. I'm, I'm here if you need me. And um, I'm really excited that I was able to share with everybody. Yeah, for sure. So if we are someone interested in connecting with you or being able to learn um, more from you, where can we find you, Jen? You can find me at hellogenergy.com. That's hello, J-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Genergy Kitchen. And I love to post um, recipe inspiration and anything that's just wellness. Yes. I love following you and I love seeing all of the fun recipes that you put together. So, um, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing a little bit of some tools of the trade for those of us in quarantine, looking to just do better and feel better and, um, come out on the other side of this a little bit, um, better than we came into it. So if you enjoyed this podcast today, make sure that you share it with someone that you love and know. Um, you can always find us at Brianna D'Andrea on Instagram on momgirlblog.com. We are also on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. And um, thank you so much for joining us today, Jen, or I should say Jennergy. Hey. <laughs> thank you.